Hey, what's up? Hello. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and I hope everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I know that times are super weird for everyone, but I hope you got to enjoy the day. Nonetheless, tons of excellent college basketball. Football games actually didn't end up being that bad. I enjoyed the day altogether. I hope that you did too. I have a really fun interview on today's podcast. A really good friend of mine, Jake Bennett, former multi-year starter, a multi-year all-conference player for Colorado State. Actually a guy that I've known since middle school because we grew up together and ran in the same circles. So uh, it's, it's good that I finally got him on here. I actually tried to do a podcast with him live at Crazy Carl's once way back when, a couple of years ago, he was supposed to be my first podcast guest, and the audio got kind of screwed up. I was a noob back then, but uh, this time it was great. We just talked about all kinds of fun stuff, you know, some of his favorite memories, some of his worst memories, you know, his opinion on the Bobo era, what kind of went wrong. Uh, We obviously talked about the accusations, all kinds of stuff. He told me some great stories about some of his teammates, uh, Fred Zerblis in particular, who is just a phenomenal football player and a pretty gross dude on the field, a really funny dude. So I think everybody's really going to enjoy that. Before we get into it, though, got to acknowledge our partners over at Chevalier Mortgage. Now, it's the holiday season right now. Cash can be tight. I get that. Maybe you're looking to refinance right now because the rates are phenomenal. If you're wondering, you just got to call them. Mike and Virginia are a husband and wife duo with over 15 years a financial service experience. They can save you hundreds a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of a loan. You know, who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? These guys can help you find out if you're able to reduce, maybe even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. Most importantly, get set up with that free consultation and discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Finally, if you're a little bit more old school, you just want to talk to somebody on the phone, that's all right. Call my guy Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Just, I guess, uh, we can start with Canada in general, you know, what, what was that experience like, the Great White North? <laughs> um, it was actually awesome. They treated, I mean, obviously Canadians have a reputation of being very nice, but it was awesome, man. I got up there, I think a little late because I went in the supplemental draft and um, I was there from I think June until November. We lost a game before the Grey Cup, but it was still awesome. The people... And Regina are awesome. And uh, 
I don't know. It was just all, all around a really cool experience. That whole year was really cool because I did the Alliance and then um, obviously the CFL and it was just a, like essentially like 10 months of football. So it was, it was fun. But after that, I was about about done with it. So I definitely want to ask you some stuff about the Alliance. Um, I've, I've talked to you a little bit about it before, but just for the podcast sake, but I'm curious just with Canadian football, you know, everybody thinks of it, I think kind of gimmicky, I guess the people that don't follow it, but the games that I've watched, the competition's actually been really entertaining. I mean, were you were you pleasantly surprised? Did it live up to your expectations? Just what was the competition like? Yeah, I mean, from, I guess, expect- expectation standpoint, I didn't really have a lot going in. I may have watched, you know, a handful of CFL games prior. And then I went in that supplemental draft, so I tried to do, you know, some research and then actually getting up there and learning about it. There's obviously, there's 12 guys. The defense has to be a yard off the ball. The wide receivers can be moving. There's just a lot of like little, it's just the, I guess, Canadians way of just having everything just a little different than America. Cause like the whole game is essentially the same thing. Once you get into it, there's just little differences here and there, but it was, it was cool. I mean, and then with the Alliance, it was like, I don't, that was an awesome experience as well, but obviously a pretty poor run operation. So. <laughs> I mean, did you guys have any indication that that was coming with the Alliance? Because it seemed like things were kind of okay and then things were just not okay and then the league was done. Yeah, I mean, I guess hindsight is, I mean, pretty illuminating on some stuff. But each week some stuff would, like, we would have three buses to practice and we'd have two. And then it's like, hey, we have one or you could drive yourself. And then it's like each week, some coaches weren't getting paid. Some teams, you know, were getting late paychecks. Like I never experienced anything like that, but it was just like kind of, you know, knowing guys on other teams, just like little stuff that you're like, well, that doesn't seem exactly right. And um, I, like that week we went to meetings on a Tuesday. I mean, it found out from like ESPN, people got like Twitter notifications. We're like, what the hell? And that like, sucks. <laughs> we're like, should we tell her? Because our old line coach was just like still going on. We're like, should we tell him? <laughs> we're like, all right. And then he was like banging his fists on the desk and stuff. And because even the coaches like didn't even know it was coming. Because I, I mean, everybody was pretty much blindsided by it. But it was, I don't know, pretty crazy. And then like the next day, uh, one of my teammates, who Brian Cummings, who played at Wyoming, his dad drove out and picked us up when we, I was home by Thursday. So it was just like. I was going to play in Atlanta that week. And then I was back at my parents on Thursday. So it was a, uh, it was definitely kind of a crazy week. That's so surreal. And didn't, didn't you guys like come back to the hotel and your guys' stuff was all just waiting in the lobby for you? <laughs> um, I think that happened to the Memphis team. I'm not exactly sure. No, but in <clears throat> Utah, I think they're a little kinder. So we had That's the good. night, we had the night to get out. And then that morning you needed to get the hell out of there. So. Dang, man, that's, it's just crazy how all that played out. But at the same time, you know, that's, that's also kind of a cool experience. I mean, you were a part of a league that not very many people were a part of. You still pursued it. Uh, Recently, though, you decided it, at least what I read, I want to confirm with you here. Are you, are you done pursuing professional football at this point? Yeah, I, um, pretty much after the CFL, like, uh, although it was a really good experience, it was just like, I mean, obviously I got married um, in 2018 after I graduated and just being away for 
essentially a whole year. And then kind of the year prior, I was doing some other stuff as far as like trying to still play. And it just got to the point where the it just didn't make sense anymore. Because, I mean, I kind of came to the realization that the NFL really wasn't in the cards and CFO, the pay just wasn't worth kind of beating the crap out of yourself for being away and not making as much money and converting it back to us. So although it was fun, it just got to the point where it wasn't worth it. And uh, I banged myself up a little bit at CSU. So continuing to do it wasn't really in the cards for me. I think that makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a violent game. Everybody knows that. And you played, you know, one of the, the toughest positions in terms of the physical toll that it takes on your body and just all of that. Do you have any regrets about it? I mean, are, are you glad that you went for it? No, not at all. Like I would do it 10 out of 10 times, like the people and experiences. I mean, I lived in a different country, like three different States went to places. I like, that's the thing about football. I've met, um, uh, people from pretty much all walks of life, any state, any country. And it's just one of the great equalizers. So I don't have any regrets about doing any of that stuff. It just got to the point where it just didn't make sense for my family anymore, you know? Totally. What's the, what's the plan right now, as far as, you know, what you'd want to branch into? You have any, any ventures in the work? Sit at Lucky Joe's and talk about how good I was, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, I got a job in, uh, early March for nine days and got sent home still working there. But, uh, was obviously with what's going on in the world, I wasn't in the office long, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's really awesome. I work downtown across from like where the drunken monkey was and have a sweet like office group of people. And I, I really lucked into the next phase of my life. That's for sure. It seems like you really, you know, like embraced Fort Collins as, as your own, you know, I mean, just given that you're from Lakewood, you didn't grow up in Fort Collins, but is Fort Collins kind of your home now? Yeah. I mean, not only like, I think that just the whole community of Fort Collins itself, I mean, you could talk to anybody. I think they'd say the same thing. It's like really one of a kind, uh, my wife and I, my wife actually is an instructor at the university now. So it's like, we're really not going anywhere. So, but it's just, I mean, I got up there in 2013 and it's changed even a lot since then, but it, it continues to change, continues to change, but it kind of stays the same in some respects as far as just like a real community feel, which I mean, growing up in Lakewood, you don't really have that and not, not to dog it, but it's just, it's no, it's just different, different up in Fort Collins. And I don't really have any plans of going anywhere. I'm glad that you brought how brought up how much Fort Collins has changed because you know, you and I obviously got up here at the same time. For for those that don't know, Jake and I went to the same high school, Bear Creek High School. Uh, Go Bears, class of 2013. Yeah, they've we really taken off. To come to CSU. Taken off and since then. I know. It's just, it's we come and now everything's growing. People want to be here. It's the place to be. Yeah. You're welcome, Fort Collins. <laughs> I kind of, I am worried a little bit, though, that we're we're starting to inch towards that boulder territory with all these no, you know, high-rise no. apartments and crap. I, you, why would you even say that man <laughs> I, right, I think right, just I'll the, walk it back. the type of people that live in boulder kind of goes without saying just kind of a it's the it's like east california yeah it's not really colorado it's just no, it's like a different world I, I really don't try to spend a lot of time there so but i think just 
the core of Fort Collins and what it is and kind of what it represents will remain the same, even though obviously it's exploded over the last eight years or so. But I think just kind of the core and what it represents will always stay the same. You know, you're a guy who was never afraid to, you know, kind of take a, a shot at CU or make a joke. It was always, you know, in good fun, you know, in the yeah. rivalry and all that. Did you ever consider going to CU at any point? Um, for a very brief moment, I went there on a, not even like an official recruiting trip, just went to a practice and I forget even who was the coach probably in, well, do you know who the coach was our senior year of high school? We're in high school. So or junior year of high school, I guess. That, so that would be like 20. Pre-McIntyre. That was before the, oh God, what was that dude's name? The alumni. He got fired. Anyways. Yeah, it, it seemed more like a pity invite. But even the, I just, the town itself, it just wasn't really me, you know. And same with Wyoming. I went there for a visit and the offense coordinator said that they'd win with or without me, which clearly wasn't the case, but they could pretty much go screw themselves after you say that to a recruit. But I mean, after I went to that, their pitch to you. Yeah. What a, what a sales, what a sales pitch. But after that, it was just kind of like, I went to like, had my official at CSU. I committed that spring game and it just, I don't know. It was one of those things that just felt like the right thing to be doing. What about CSU? I mean, I know you grew up, you had the CSU roots, but, you know, was it, was, did you believe in McIlwain or, you know, was it more just about your family ties? Um, it was probably, I guess more, cause I'm prior to Mac, we went what three and nine for like, yeah, it was rough. Years. It was rough, but so that's probably the only reason I even like entertained other things. Um, but with Mac, he called me like, I think his first week, uh, after he got the job and started recruiting me, which I mean, kind of says a lot and his, um, kind of idea of keeping everybody in state. And then, which is, was kind of my entire class was kind of a core of Colorado guys, which I guess kind of helped, um, keep it kind of like a good kind of hometown feel. Yeah. Um, but I think Mac and just, I mean, obviously you go up to Fort Collins, it kind of seals the deal for you. I think the fans, you know, so much gets made of CSU needs to recruit Colorado really heavily. And I think that's true. I mean, if you look at historically when the Rams have been most dominant, they've always had a strong foothold in Colorado. It kind of feels like Bobo got away from that a little bit. Am I, am I wrong there? No, I think he kind of did what he knew. And obviously he knew the South and brought in a lot of Florida, Georgia, uh, like that whole Texas and I mean, that can work, but I think if you, like you said, if you look back at kind of like what Mac did or Sonny did in the early to late nineties, or I guess late nineties, early two thousands, he really didn't let any uh, Colorado guy out or like Nebraska kind of just took a, a circle and drew, drew a circle and didn't let anybody out of it, which I think kind of goes to like the core of a team you kind of have a culture and an understanding of dudes and then you bring in obviously guys that can help but if you have a core and a culture like that represents a town it, it definitely helps you know we, we don't have to spend a, a ton of time on this stuff just because i think everybody gets tired of it but yeah you know, obviously the a lot of reports came out about mike bobo his staff that whole ordeal 
I think a lot of people were pretty surprised by it, just by what the general perception of what Mike Bobo and and some of those guys were. I'm yeah. just curious, you know, what was what was your reaction when you saw those reports? Uh, I mean, a little bit surprised because I mean, I never experienced anything like that. But I mean, who's to say somebody else didn't, you know? But I, from the second I got there, Mac. I mean, after Mac had left, Bobo came in and treated me as if he had recruited me himself. So I don't. And his whole staff did the same. So I don't have anything bad to say about his staff or him at all. You know, it's just the, the oddest part for me was if there, I mean, especially with the allegations of racism and stuff like that, you know, I, I don't want to be dismissive of anybody. Cause like you said, we can't speak for everybody's experiences. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those where I was like, I, I guess I would have thought I would have heard more. Yeah. I mean, I hate to like say it, but in today's climate, you could go back and look at a lot of things said and be like, well, that was messed up without the context of what had actually took place, you know? So, I mean, coach and like coach friend, coach Bobo, they coached the shit out of dudes. Like they wanted the most out of guys on the field. They're going to get after you, you know? And then, and then you get off the field and they could be like the nicest guys to you, but on the field, they're going to, that's just who they were. And I mean, if you couldn't, take some of the things said and if that rubbed you the wrong way i i would have wished somebody would have said something at the time but i guess with what it is right now i guess stuff gets brought up that without context can be i guess taken in certain ways but in my experience i never experienced anything like that it was just tough coaching and wanted to win so well and and, and it's such a fine balance especially now with the way like i mean you know, people like to do that. Our generation was tougher. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, people look at millennials and stuff like that. And, you know, they're all soft. I think some of that gets blown out of proportion, but you know, like you said, tough coaching isn't exactly embraced in the way that it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is what it is. There's definitely was like a shift towards the latter half of my career, but it was just, I don't know. I, I liked it. Like if you weren't, I guess, MF and dudes and getting after it was just like that's just the way I was brought up in football and maybe that's just the way it's not going to be done anymore but I mean to me that's football and it's a a hard-nosed getting after people game and if you can't handle a little MF and like don't come <laughs> <laughs> well and and so it sounds like they got a little more intense as it went on then in what regard well, because you said, you know, it, it's changed a little bit as you went on. Did they uh, maybe, I mean, I mean, they hadn't won. So I guess maybe you're just trying to change things up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you have a guy making a million and a half dollars and a kid who's getting a stipend for 1200 bucks a month. Like the the guy was making a million and a half dollars probably has a lot more to lose, right? So true. when they're not winning, they're going to definitely do some things and maybe say some things that are a little out of character as opposed to a kid who's trying to pass like i don't know oceanography you know (laughs) there's a little bit of a discrepancy in the way things are balanced in college football did you ever take oceanography because that was one of my most significant bummers ever when i learned that oceanography was not about like sharks and stuff it was all talking about like the currents and and scientific shit man (laughs) yeah it was horrible i was so mad i I I took it and that was the year i tore my knee so i barely passed oceanography because i just kind of gave up on school and doing things but i I got it done man (laughs) that's how was that like you know because 
you know, you, you start three games, you're playing really well as a true freshman, that 24 or well, not red shirt freshman, I guess, but yeah. And then you get hurt. Just what's going through your mind at that point? Um, I mean, just from the, obviously we went 10 and three and it was an awesome year. So to miss that was shitty, but I mean, just the, it really humbles you because you think you're really more important than you are. Cause we went what, like, I think one and two or two and one, and then we strung off like nine wins. So it's like, yeah, well, I guess I don't really matter that much, but <laughs> it just really, it, that it's kind of like a humbling experience and that you think you're more important than you are, which me coming back, like really helped in knowing that like I can contribute and I want to do the best that I can. And I, that's like kind of what motivated me, motivated me to really come back. And it's just, I don't know. That was, it was a rough year. Cause I had a shoulder surgery about a month and a half after I had my knees. So I, and then I pinched a nerve in my shoulder coming back. That's that fall camp. So I really only had like two weeks of practice. So it was one of the t- toughest seasons of my life. Cause I was so out of condition and just weak, but it was just another, like, just push through it and, be a man about it because that's all you can do do you think it made you want it more just being on the sidelines in 2014 and you know having you watching them win all these games and be in the top 25 and play for the sold out crowds and all that yeah in some respects and then in other respects it made me like really appreciate being in the locker room and just being around the guys you know because totally once you're not really into the day-to-day you're just living in the training room and not like in meetings and going to practice and you know just the the routine of football is can be tedious but like once you're out of it it's like that was a lot of fun is that what you miss most just the you know the daily interactions goofing off in the locker room you know partying with the teammates at the house and all that stuff yeah i mean the locker room alone if there was some job where i could sit in a locker room for four hours a day i would get paid like two dollars an hour to do that or really nothing but i mean just the obviously the guys you really go through just anything you can go through with in like any situation you go through with them for five years of guys that you come in where you really nobody and you work your way up to you know be leaders of a team and I don't know it's just something you really miss once you're out of it and that's why you kind of stay connected with those dudes who are you know some of the guys you were close with I know Zerblis and a lot of those O-line guys Dalton Fackrell Oh, you want shout outs? Is that what the, the period of shout outs? It's um, the period of shout outs, man. <laughs> yeah. Got to get more people you, intrigued so then yeah. they want to come on the podcast. New segment alert. Uh, no, it was like Zach Goldich, Trey Moxley, um, Fred Dalton, Blake Nallen, who, you know, I lived with. Um, uh, let's see, Sam Carlson. Ty Sambo West, like all those, like literally like the whole line room, anybody in that room, like I'd do anything for. And then outside of that, we're going to have to cut down a few numbers, but there's still a group of dudes that I'd do anything for. And I don't know. It's just, like I said, you go through, I mean, really five years of hell, like spring ball, fall camp and all, you know, all that stuff. And you do anything for those dudes. All right, back to the pod in just a second. But before we do, got to tell you about this awesome deal that we've got going for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I don't know about you, but I'm dreaming of a Black Christmas sale. 
Of course, we're talking about all of the dope black gear that we have over at DNVR, whether that's, you know, the polos, the hats, that's kind of just our aesthetic in general. Obviously, we've got all kinds of awesome team stuff. And right now, if you're needing some ideas for Christmas, the holidays in general, why don't you treat yourself? We're excited to announce our Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale where you can get up to 80% off the entire store. You heard me right, 80-80%. If you spend $75 pre-tax, we'll also give you a $15 gift card that you can apply starting Tuesday, December 1st in the DNVR locker. Last but not least, when you sign up for an annual membership for $59.99, you get a $60 gift card to the DNVR locker. This gift card will be applied starting December 1st as well. This is a great time to support DNVR. Unfortunately, you know, we're in lockdown again. We are doing some carryout specials at the DNVR bar on the weekends. Shout out to everybody that helps out with those. But, you know, it's going to be kind of weird for the foreseeable future. So this is a great way to support your favorite sports media company. Head over to dnvrlocker.com on Friday. Enjoy a weekend full of killer deals. Happy holidays, everyone. Considering that the holiday season is in full swing, though, I also got to shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, who is just killing it with the professional and collegiate football seasons. You know, we're getting to that playoff push. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. They want to help put you in the center of all that action. If you haven't tried it yet, head to the App Store now. You do not want to miss out these killer offers. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new customers are covered up to $100. That's right, you bet they cover you risk-free. This is on Sunday. You can bet on any of Sunday's action. Don't miss out on Sunday night's pivotal matchup between bitter division rivals, so get in on all of the action now. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings Sportsbook has a special odds boost and promotions for every single day of the week. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I know that I do pretty frequently. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring all Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, new customers can bet this Sunday risk-free up to $100 when you use that promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, must be physically located in Colorado, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, cool, 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 cool. We are about to get back to the pod, but I just got to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. And right now, I'm thinking you got to take advantage of an odds boost. Normally, don't really do these odds boosts for the DraftKings pick of the week just because they don't last. This one, it is available all week, and it is the Blue Blood Splash. Getting tongue-tied. The Blue Blood Special. What that means is you can bet on either Villanova Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, or North Carolina to win the national championship. Now, it's not either or. It's if any of those teams win, then you win at plus 185. So basically, you get five of the best teams, and if any of them win, you you win at plus 185. It seems like a no-brainer to me. I'll be honest. I think Gonzaga is the best team in the country, but there are some really, really good teams this year. And with that many teams at that value, I mean, how do you pass it up? It's obviously a future bet, one that won't pay off right away. But those are smart, you know, you need those long haul bets. Got a couple NFL championship bets. There's nothing more fun than betting on March Madness. Might as well get it now when the value is still hot. Take that blue blood special DraftKings pick of the week. All right, let's get back to the pod. Maybe not fair of me to ask this since he's not here, 
But did Fred Zerblis really have to get told to stop peeing his pants on the practice field? Practice field, game field, before the game. Oh, my goodness. Um, I got a really good story about Fred. We were at Hughes, and before we would go out at Hughes, because the tunnel was at an angle, we would always stand in the back because fat guys don't want to run out first because you're <laughs> just going to get gassed for no reason. But we would always stand at the back, and Fred would pee, and they would just run down through everybody before we run out. And it was one of the best memories because it's just gross, and it's Fred, so. That's one of those things that makes it only makes sense if you're around football teams, but to everyone else in the world listening, it's just so Gross he just weird. stood at the, the top yeah. of the tunnel and peed on you guys. Yeah, where he was five feet away from a bathroom for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then is he the grossest teammate that you had? Fred's tricky because on the field, Fred's one of the grossest dudes of all time, but he would shampoo, condition his his mane, and then brush his He did have teeth glorious and, hair. Yeah. I mean, for a 310-pound dude, he was one of the most well-groomed and maintained humans. But on the field, he's puking, peeing, snot-rocketing, bleeding. We were playing CU my true fresh, or yeah, my redshirt freshman year. That year, we won at Invesco. And, that, you know, the second half, we were just, like, running the ball down their throats. So, yeah, they couldn't stop them. Yeah, so there was... I mean, obviously loud in Invesco, so Fred was having to tap me to, like, signal when to um, snap it. So we were going into, like, where our cannon was, and I think it was when DeHart, you know, scored in our student section. But, like, three plays before that, Fred was about to pull, but looking back at me, and as he tapped me, he was puking, put his hand down, puked, pulled, puked on the guy, finished the guy while puking, and it was just one of the funniest things because you could just hear Fred pulling behind me. It was, it was awesome. That's disgusting. That it, oh my! <laughs> Does that did that happen? Like, is that a common occurrence? People just getting puked on? I mean, more than you would think. I see it. I mean, it's one of those things when you watch football and you see people puking before plays, and it's just hilarious to me because not everybody sees it. But Fred, I mean, Fred was a like a really bad gagger, and like would just puke on command so was sambo i mean we were playing i think cu the next year and i'd forgot my mouthpiece when we ran out and i was like ah, i forgot my mouthpiece and fred just handed me his and i popped it in and then calendar ran in my mouthpiece and i took out fred's put in mine so it's just disgusting but it's it's just stories like that or that are funny to me that's hilarious. You hear stuff like that now and every, people are like, because of COVID and all that is, oh my God, what are you talking Hindsight about? Hindsight on that's not great, but. Well, that's the thing though. In, in 2013, 2014, wouldn't have even second guessed it. Yeah. I mean, maybe but should I, have. But It's stuff like that that I remember and just like laugh about because, I mean, we were playing um, that redshirt sophomore year. We played a D1AA team. I think it was like Sam, not Sam, like San no, Savannah State. And oh, we, that was a warm we, game. We had like 700 yards offense and had like yeah. seven turnovers, but we were just going up. Like we were running fast and we were clipping off like 20, 30 yards of play. And Zach, that was Zach's first like start. And like halfway through the second quarter, Zach's like, is it always like this? <laughs> like, because <laughs> he was just dying. Like we were all dying because it was so hot and we were just like running for four quarters but it was just funny because zach's just dying over in the corner wondering if this is actually what starting d1 football is like hughes 
low key would get really intense on some of those afternoon games because of the way the way the sun was positioned. I remember your freshman sophomore years. There were like four or five games that had to have been eighty Just degrees plus. Dropping kids out of the student section. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, got, it definitely got hot at Hughes. I miss Hughes a lot. I, that was some of the best memories there, obviously. But I mean, yeah, Hughes got hot and made it easy to run people out of the building sometimes, which was fun or in the earlier start of the season, you know? I just feel like the new stadium doesn't have that raw atmosphere that Hughes had. Hughes, it didn't matter if you were going against, you know, a Greeley or if you were going against Minnesota, that people were there, they were there to party. They were there for some college football. It just, it felt like college football to me. The new stadium's gorgeous, but it just doesn't have that vibe. Yeah, I mean, that might be just, like, obviously setting a fuse right below the A, like, right at horse tooth. You're in the dirt parking lot just getting tore up before the game, just pinning it. But I think, like, obviously Hughes just had such a culture and a history of going out there, just having fun, watching us win, lose a lot of games through its history, but we won a lot. But I think just with the new stadium, there just needs to be, I don't know, Obviously, winning draws people in. COVID not happening. You can actually go to games. But just I think just obviously winning and people can go there and enjoy it is kind of just going to be the start of it. I mean, obviously, it's an awesome place to be. But I think just over the last couple of years, the issue's culture hasn't been there as far as just like setting a tone for what the program is. And once you do that, people start showing up and it just turns into something kind of like what Hughes was. Why do you think that is? You know, what what do you think's been missing? Because the talent's been there, you know, the facilities are great. It just yeah, I mean, hasn't could, seemed to come together. Yeah, I mean, I think that could be part of like the culture thing of bringing Colorado dudes in. But I mean, there's a lot of things, man. It's just, it could be one, like we lost a lot of games by a little, little margins. It's just little things that happen. And culturally, there's little things that, you either do or don't take care of. And if they don't take care of, they turn just like life. If you don't take care of stuff, it turns into a bigger problem. So stuff like that went on and like you let certain stuff slide and just turns into bigger problems. And it's just kind of why stuff doesn't get done. You know, looking back, which, which losses kind of sting the most. I think it's probably you do, you did this to Dalton last week. You're going to do this to me. I got it, man. It's part of it. Um, which one hurts the most? Yeah, we're going to talk about the good moments, too. Okay. We're going to get the bad ones out of the way. I mean, my senior year was just... That stretch kicking with the, Wyoming kicking the nuts, Air Force. Kicking the nuts, kicking the nuts, yeah. Uh, uh, I'd say Wyoming, just because it was such an awesome game atmosphere up in Wyo, and we just couldn't close it out. What was it, like 17 to 14 or something like that? yeah. You guys had the lead, and then they scored 10, I think, in the fourth quarter or something. Yeah, we were going into that south end zone and didn't get that fourth down, and then they threw that swing route to that fullback, and he dove and caught it. Like, that's the only time that dude's ever made an athletic play in his life. But, yeah, I think that one hurt. And then, obviously, Boise just, like, was it just rips your heart out because I remember walking off the field with a 14-point lead, and then I look up and I'm on the field in overtime, there's been 21 points scored, and it's like, what the hell just happened? But it was just like, I don't know. It was something like like Wyoming, I felt like it was more within our control to handle as an offense, but uh, Boise, you look up, 
21 and then we fumble it's just like what the what the hell man because it's i don't know and then air force at air that was our junior year at air force 2016 yeah we're Mike yeah, fumbles yeah that one i still got a lot of gripes about that and that nick gets targeted throws a pick they pick up the target still not even a penalty not, not i wrote an entire column on it they they score before half they get the ball after half they score um it completely changed the entire dynamic yeah, of that game. It's that was like, such a poorly officiated game. And then they call a timeout when we're like halfway through a play. And they said, I would have given it to you too, coach, like talking to Bobo. Like, I don't know. It was, it was a hometown. I hate doing it, but it was a hometown, uh, hometowning for sure. A little hometown cooking on that one. See you. My senior year was a kick in the balls too. Um, well, that, I mean, same deal. <laughs> I mean, three offensive pass interference calls. Are you kidding me? Yeah, hands to the face. I think that was a throw to BC that throw to Dietrich on the sideline. Um, what did Bobo say to you guys in the locker room? Or like, what do you even losses? What else you want, dude? <laughs> what did Bobo <laughs> say after CU? Yeah, just like I mean, because I mean, that was one of the few times I felt like Bobo was really, really honest in his post game, where he was just like, you know, I'm not going to flat out say we should have won, but. He also, you know, they really pretty much got jobbed. It was probably, yeah, we. It was probably something along the lines of just like, what do you say? It was. I think it was something along the lines of just if you talk to the media, represent CSU well, and be smart about it. Like, don't get in be trouble. smart. Um, get back at just your generic. This sucks. Post game speech. There wasn't <laughs> like win one for the Gipper after that one, but it was just like, I don't know. That one sucked too especially at Invesco, like obviously the last time you're going to be there in such a electric environment. Cause every, each time each team has a ball, it's just loud as hell. Cause each student section's going, but I don't know, man, there's a lot. What else you want to talk about? Um, Utah, we can talk about the good ones. Like I said, Utah, it doesn't bowl to... lose, uh, <laughs> Boise bowl, New Mexico bowl. <laughs> Both. Well, there was a good one. Um, the granddaddy of them all, the Nova Home Loans simulcast online bowl. Oh my God. Against Nevada. Yeah, that was another heartbreaking loss. Where... Just get out of bounds, Jordan. Just get out of sorry. We'll move on. <laughs> um yeah. Um what were the yeah. what was the best moment though? Like, I mean, obviously there were it was a tough experience, but you you know, you were a part of some really exciting seasons as well. Most of them were earlier in your career, but yeah, I mean, obviously closing and opening uh, stadiums, like closing Hughes was one That's of the an awesome, memory. awesome nights. And like, you couldn't script it better. It's cold. It's not snowing, but it's cold. You can see your breath. We absolutely stomp a mud hole in, uh, was it New, New Mexico? New Mexico, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can't plan that and then go out and do the same thing to Oregon State. Their D-line were like, how the hell do you play up here? And it was, it was awesome. Dudes, that was that was another hot game, but it was I mean they, stuff like that. Um yeah, both those games are awesome. Wyoming up in 2015, that one kind of comes to mind for me. You guys really kicked the really that entire stretch to close that 2015 season was kind of exciting. Yeah, um yeah, Fred need a guy in the face. We got a personal foul. That's what I remember about that game. Um that's awesome. And then I think it was Trey Moxley cut back against the goal line and got us another personal foul on 
um, another like 80 yard run, but we still won. Uh, it, it was, it was awesome. It's just stuff like that, that I remember. Cause I don't know why that sticks out in my mind. And then was that 20, 2015, 2016, we played at, at home, right? Against Wyoming. That was yeah. your, that was the gray uniform game. Wasn't it? I don't know what the hell that was. We go out in other uniforms and you expect fat. Hey, what's the deal there? A, a wardrobe change. I don't I think, I don't know. Some schools have done it before. Like Notre Dame had done it in the past, but I don't know who the hell we think we are, but it was obviously a cool uniform. Just didn't quite work out. Um, I remember we were that pick six calling through. That was my fault. I pushed the guy right into like his check down. So that one always stings. Oh, no. Some little D lineman just squirts right into his stomach and he cribs it. That one hurts. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's, one, let's talk about every heartbreaking moment of your last five well, years. I mean, that, let's really ones, dive into it. Obviously, the heartbreaking ones stick out more than I don't know. No, why. I, yeah, I agree. For any good times, the heartbreaking ones, I think, although they suck, they definitely help you in life a lot more because it's like, well, now what the hell do we do? Well, we lost in a heartbreaker or we lost by 50. You still got to go to work on Monday, right? So get the hell back out there. Are you going to be a football coach someday, Jake? Because you've got the football mantra down. <laughs> yeah, I can I can talk the talk. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do want to be away from it for a little bit just to be away from it. And I do want to get back to it eventually. I think maybe coaching high school ball would be a lot of fun up in Fort Collins. You and uh, you and Nick Stevens could you know get a dynasty going up here. Yeah, Vic Stevens just calling the plays. Uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I know Dalton's moving back next year. We could have our tight ends coach, O line coach, and OC just ready to rock. <laughs> just create a dynasty. Yeah. Um, no, that'd Somebody's be a lot. Got to take down Valor at some point. So. Yeah. Um, did they win last year? I actually don't remember. Or was it Bear yeah. Creek? It's probably Bear Creek. Oh, the greatest program in the world, baby. Are we 3A now? I think they went back to 4A, thank God. But, yeah, it's uh, it's tough for the old Bears, guys. I, it's It was yeah, tough I'm, for us when we were in high school. It's not like we got to experience the most fun seasons in the world. No, it was kind of like my college experience, just heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss. But my brother coached there for a few years, and it just, I mean, it's just, they're not good. They stopped opening rolling. We just don't get the kids, and it's just not good football. Kind of all over Colorado. There's pretty much Pomona, Columbine, and Valor that kids come out of right now. Yeah, there's like a couple. Of, you got some programs down south, uh, Pine Creek, and some of these are starting to produce some guys. But and then you got old Coach the Nail at Smoky, right? Yeah, they were pretty good two years ago, but I think they they went they got pumped by Columbine in the playoffs, right? Yeah. It was, you know, it was a neat story. They'd like won the most regular season games in like over a decade or something, but. And then there's a Lowry. Good old Lowry running the same plays that he's been running for 15 years and nobody can stop it. Every, I mean, it seems to work every four years. He wins a state championship. So. I think that's the most frustrating part is because what Columbine's six miles from bear Creek. It's not uh, like yeah, there's just, not football players in the area. Yeah, they just want to be assholes and go to Columbine. <sighs> <laughs> the, 
there are people right now across the country are like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Talking shit about Columbine? That's not in good taste. Yeah, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's like talking shit about Air Force. Oh, I've never even thought about that. Our high school's biggest rival is Columbine, and one of the biggest rivals of our university is the Air Force Academy. Yeah, I mean, you got to tip the cap a little bit, but at the same point, there still can be assholes that go to these schools. It's true. Well, hey, Air Force, they play, you know, a little chippy too. It's not like, I mean, they're played off the field, but they, they play with some edge to their game. As Coach Friend used to say, my old line coach, I respect the hell out of what they do for our country but they can go screw themselves on Saturdays. That's for sure. <laughs> you may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space, and now we can spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler, CSU alum, is keeping you up to date with all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast, and you can find his written rugby content on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s team. That means that Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States. Make sure you're keeping up to speed with us and Colton in the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Download the DNVR Rugby podcast wherever you get your content. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those fun things. Our guy Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the games for you. They're incredible, but he's also just got all kinds of exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us. Download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter. All right, man. I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much of your time because it's the holidays. But before I let you go here, I got to ask you a couple of important Thanksgiving questions because. Yeah. But you know, everybody needs to know. Are you a turkey or are you a ham guy? Let's settle this first. Mm, turkey, fried, all the way. It's not yeah. even a debate for me. Yeah. But what is the best Thanksgiving side? Mm, probably. I mean, because it doesn't happen that often. Probably green beans. Like Ooh. a good green bean with like the onion crisps. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not a big like sweet like jelly or any of that stuff. You can kick rocks with that kind of stuff. Well, that's not how you become an offensive lineman. You need the protein, right? No, just straight proats, baby. Do you uh do you eat significantly less now? I would imagine. Yeah, I've uh, I've lost some weight. I uh, just like you don't need to eat like that. And it's kind of I mean, I don't want to sound like a I'm fat shaming by any means, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just like, you don't need to eat like that. So it's just like, I did, I just kind of stopped eating like I did. And I really didn't even like work out that much. And just a certain amount of weight just kind of fell off, which is nice. And then I'll probably drink some beer this winter and level off. Can you eat? I mean, do you even enjoy it at that? Like I've heard from offensive linemen at some point, it gets to a point where it's just like a chore, like anything else, just a workout trying to get all these calories in. Uh, I mean, for some people, I got my calories through some liquids at some point, but, um, um, I, I don't know. It really wasn't that big of an issue. Cause it's just like what we did and you run around with other fat guys. It's like, well, let's just go eat again. So, but now it I was like my wife, wife who's five foot and was like, well, if she doesn't eat. I'm not eating and looking fat. So, 
what did you like what did you come in at versus what was your the biggest you ever got uh, I came in at like 280 and then after my knee surgery, I came back from holidays at like 305 and I, I usually played at like 290, 295. So I, I didn't swing that much, but I mean, yeah, I, I was definitely beefy coming back off that knee, not doing anything and just eating. And then, yeah, that was interesting. Like just like how that whole process plays out as in, cause offensive linemen are, you see them, you'll see these dudes at the combine run like a four, seven at their size and I, I just don't understand how that's humanly possible freaks dude i mean i mean i might be a little biased but some of the most athletic dudes i've ever played with play a line because i mean you you're a 320 pound dude going backwards with a, a behemoth trying to run you over and you have to pass it off like catch them i mean the things we do i don't mean to toot our own horn at o-line but the things you do as an o-lineman are pretty athletic if you think about it we're just kind of fat so it doesn't really look that good hey the big guys need love too who's the most athletic offensive lineman you think you played with um i mean weston sambo moxley was very athletic i hate to say it because it's just gonna make his head too big to walk through a door but (laughs) i mean sambo like was a down skill downhill skier and was like Super athletic dude. I think the most athletic O-linemen are the dudes who aren't meant to be as big as they are. Like, they just kind of work their way there, as opposed to just, like, naturally fat guys like me and Fred. If if you could change reality and make yourself a different position other than center, what would you pick and why? Like, I can't play O-line, so I have to pick something else? No, like, let's just say, for some reason... You just you didn't want to play center anymore, and they were okay. like, "Jake, you get to play wherever you want." Hmm. Definitely not defense, because those dudes suck. Um, <laughs> uh, I probably play like tight end or long snapper, like because tight. Do you ever score a touchdown? Play. I don't think so. I mean, I made weight my first year ever playing football. Um. So I was just like the almost fat kid running the ball at fullback. And then after that, I think I like heard my MCL in like second grade and got fat, fat after that. So it's really been uh, this lifestyle patch kid ever since. Um, I don't think so. I know my like, you know, that last year of like, uh, I don't even know what you call it, like little league. Um, there was no patches, so I got to throw the ball a few times, which was cool, but that was about it. I don't think I ever scored a touchdown. Never got to play the pretty boy positions. No. Makes you a better person, though. That's true. You had to <laughs> grind through it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but thank you for coming on and doing this and just you know, shooting the shit. I had a bunch of Air Force questions to ask you, but that game got canceled, so there's not really... Any point of going over that one? Yeah, I mean, what do we have now? Like two games left without this Maybe. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully San Diego State and Utah State. They're talking about trying to play UNLV. We'll see. I mean, at this point, it's pretty much get guys reps because this year doesn't count towards anybody's eligibility. Um, Play as many people as you can. Try to get them experience. And then next year, just kind of take some more, some momentum we can possibly gain at the end of this year and kind of just hope for the best and hopefully kind of COVID calms down and we can get in there and see the Rams roll, baby. Could you imagine like what that would be like? Just, Hey, we're going to play. We're going to play. We're going to play. Nah, we're not going to play. 
Oh, like if I was playing during this? Yeah. I would I wouldn't be like that great to be around, that's for sure. Because I'd just be complaining. Like what what the hell are we doing? Kind of a thing. But I don't know. It definitely sucks for those dudes because it's like they probably practiced all week and like we're ready to yeah. roll and then they get told was it today? Yeah, today. Today, like and they play tomorrow. They were supposed to play tomorrow. Yeah, they're it's supposed like, to go well, to the springs tonight. Yeah, it's like, well, now sweet. I even if I was gonna possibly go home and see my folks, like I'm stuck in Fort Collins and can't even go to a coach's house because I don't want to spread a virus. It's like I mean, it's kind of a sh- shitty situation for the dudes at the same point. Like they are getting to play football when they can, which is 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 fun. But I just wish they could like really get the full experience, you know. For sure. I feel I feel for a lot of these guys. I mean, even just the the students, I I'm glad that I'm done with school right now and not having to deal with all this, you know? Yeah, I mean, like quarantining in a dorm, that doesn't sound fun. But I, mean, oh I guess God. it is it is what it is right now. I mean, I hopefully it kind of works itself out here in the next couple of months, but we'll see, I guess, huh? We said that I've been telling March. myself we'll see for like eight months now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a real just like next next week's problem kind of a situation. I feel that. I feel that <laughs> deeply. <laughs> well, man, I hope, I hope your family's well. Um, you know, I, I was really sorry to see about your mom's gym. I just, everything that's happened right now, it's tough for everyone, but yeah, man, I mean, let's get just, some baseball games. Life, man. Just right now it's kind of tough for everybody. She shut her gym down and it actually kind of worked out because obviously it might be another wave of stuff, but hopefully yeah, she can get her baseball stuff going in the spring. Rocky Mountain Baseball, Cabo, Colorado. Look it up. Butte Check baseball. it out. Number one, yeah. play, number one organization in the state and my employer for like seven years. So <laughs> yeah. shout out to Cabo. Shout out. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, enjoy the time with your holiday. I hope you get to slam a few beers and maybe not worry about all this other BS in the world for a little bit. You too, buddy. It's really nice listening to your stuff. You're doing a great job, man. I appreciate it, man. I really do. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one.